hustlers, road players, tournament champions. Hear the stories, get their advice, learn about their lives. Our host, Joey Ryan, brings you an inside look at the professional pool player. You're listening to the Pool Player Podcast, brought to you by Pool Scene 365. Hey guys, Joey Ryan, Pool Player Podcast, brought to you by Pool Scene 365. Thanks so much for the support for the podcast. I really appreciate it. Today's guest is a special one, two-time Moscone Cup MVP for the United States, also won the U.S. Open 8-Ball Championship. He's won Derby City, 9-Ball, as well as Master of the Table, and a number of other titles. And there's a lot more in store for this young man. It's Sky Woodward. So some of the things that we discussed were really some advice for players out there and certain things that Sky does with his game that could help you, as well as some of his best shots and his best uh, tournaments and really what his goals are for here. And so I think you're going to really like this episode. Uh, If you want to support the podcast, the best thing that you can do is subscribe. About 100 more subscribers to go, a little over that, and I'm giving away a Q-Tech Propel Jump Cue. The thing jumps amazing, and it's pretty much brand new. I test hit it a couple times, and I'll just send it out to one of my subscribers. Also, I have a Patreon account. You can go to Patreon, and you can sign up uh, to be a patron. Uh, with a monthly donation starting at just $3. And I put exclusive content out. I just put a 10-ball break video out on that Patreon, and I had somebody get back to me with incredible success using the things that I put out in that video. So the other thing, you can just uh, send PayPal donations if you like. Everything that I get from the audience on this goes right back into the podcast and making things better. Uh, so we got some big things in store. Thank you again for your support. And now on to Sky Woodward. Hey, Sky, thanks so much for joining, man. Thanks for being on the podcast. How's it going? Good, good, man. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. And I'm really excited to get to know you a little better. So let me just start off and ask you, how did you get started playing pool? Well, man, it was like um, my dad played pool and um, took me to the pool hall with him and stuff. And then I was just like, everybody said, I just, when I, I picked up a cue, I knew, I knew how to, how to hold it and make a bridge and everything the right way. So, it was, um, I just loved it from the first time I went to the pool hall with him. So my parents got me a table and I just, I played every day, every day and, uh, as much as I could. And that's really, that's, that's how, that's how I started. Was there something about the game, you know, I've talked to people and they're like, I like the geometry of it or the, the colors of the balls. Was there something like that that kind of jumped out at you and, and really made you fall in love with the game? Um, well, then I, I just love to play it. Um, now I, I understand the game. So now I, I love it because it's, um, it's, it's such a tough game. And it's so competitive, and uh, really, I just—I mean, I—I I like it because it's—it's—it's it's so tough. And then, um, it's never the same. It's never the same. Um, every game is pretty much different. Um, yeah, and the the competition—they're just everybody. There's so many good players that you, it's just whoever is gets you know one little lucky thing. 
uh, in that one match to win. So it's it's uh, just because it's so difficult, really. I think that's what it is. Because I like, I've always been that way. I like things to be to be hard and and uh, tough on myself. It kind of motivates me. It's like you're always up for a challenge, and the game's very challenging. When was the moment? Do you do you remember like thinking, "Hey, wait a minute, I can be pretty good at this game." Was there a moment like that? Oh uh, well, ever since I started, I wanted to, I wanted to be uh, number one. Uh, I just wanted to be the best, and uh, you know, just act, just be a pro, like do it for a living, and. I just uh, probably like probably 14. I started noticing I was like one of the best around where I was. And then 16, I actually won a big tournament in Vegas. Uh, so after that, really, it was a big uh, men's tournament, 128 people. And, and I actually went out there for a junior tournament, but they only had three people. So they gave us the option, like, do you want to play in the men's division or do you want to just you want your money back and just hang out in Vegas? I wanted to play, so I played. They let me play, and I ended up winning the tournament. So wow! Uh, from there, I just I just kind of knew I could I could be better, and I just gradually got better and winning more tournaments and more tournaments and traveled more. Um, so yeah, probably probably fourteen. I probably knew I could I could do something. That's pretty ridiculous that you went out to play in a juniors tournament and <laughs> they didn't have it. And they were like, Oh, there's a men's tournament. You want to play in that? And you're like, Oh yeah, I'll just snap that off. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so what about on the professional scene? Was there a particular tournament where you just did really well or you upset some top pros and you were like, okay, now I've arrived on the scene. Anything like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I always lived close to the Derby City Classic, like three hours from there. And uh, I always went – I normally play the nine-ball division, but uh, once I got a little older, I played all of them. But, um, yeah, nine-ball, I just – when I was, like, 17, I was – I had to play some good players, and I, I like, kept them, kept the match close and raced this nine. And, and – um, and I beat a few, and I just – and, like, I was winning, like, big – some pretty good bar table events and beating some good players uh, that I, I didn't even know that they were – I mean, they were, like, you know, really good. But people would tell me afterwards, and I was just like, oh, man, I didn't even know. But uh, that's cool to know. But now, um, yeah, probably just – yeah, so I was the, – the derby. The Derby was, uh, when I was younger, is what really made me notice. So what do you do outside of pool? Do you have any hobbies or anything that you do for fun outside of pool? One of the things when I talk to people, I, I want to get the average pool fan kind of an inside look at the professional pool player. And in some cases, I've found out some really interesting things about people like Alex Pagulian loves to read and recommended all these self-development books. Uh, I'm just curious, is there something that you enjoy doing outside of pool? Yeah, I mean, of course, I love to uh, hang out with my family, with my kid and my fiance when I'm down from pool. Um, 
And then other than that, like a hobby to do, um, play golf for sure. I love to be outside anyway. So um, golf is, is what I do in my spare time. If I'm free or something, I'll go at least hit some golf balls or something, but try to get, I try to play around here or quite often if I can. So you mentioned the family and I think I hear your boy in the background. I'm not sure, but uh, I hear some. Yeah. Yeah. Is that him? So yeah. Has being a dad like changed your perspective about the way you think about pool or, or your approach to your pool game? Yeah. I mean, he makes me want to, uh, to work harder, of course. And, um, he wants, he makes me want to win, you know, even, even more like not just for myself or, or for anybody. I mean, he may, gives me another reason to win. So one of the other things I try to do with the podcast is I try to pick your brain a little bit and get information out that could help other pool players. So I'm just curious, you have a maybe one or two pieces of advice for maybe those players out there. I mean, I know hard work and determination and, and really putting in the time, but for someone who wants to do that, you know, they want to put in the effort and the time. Do you have any advice for them in terms of becoming a better player? Man, people ask me all the time. The best advice, I, I mean, I, I feel like I can give is, you said it, is really put in the time. And, uh, you know, you really got to, you got to dedicate yourself to be at the top of any sport. There's no way you can play three days a week, you know, and get there. It's just no way. Um but I would say if you can make yourself do it or if you don't mind it, do drills. I mean, personally, I've never been able to do drills. I just can't sit there and set it up, do it again, set it up. It's just never been for me. Uh, so what I feel like for myself, what I know I got to work on, I put it into um, while I'm, I'm practicing running out, I'll put it into um, my stroke to make sure I practice that. Uh, but yeah, I'd probably say put in the time and play, play people that are better than you. And, you know, that's, I think, cause you can always learn and pay attention to everybody because uh, even people lower than, you know, more know some things that you don't know, you know? Um, yeah, that's, that's probably, that's probably best advice I could give. So I know during this pandemic, it was tough to get out and play, tough to practice. And, you know, there weren't a lot of events, but, you know, now that things are starting to open back up, give me an idea of what it would look like if you're preparing to go to a tournament, maybe in a week. And, um, you know, what kind of stuff would you work on? How would you do that? Would you play the ghost? Would you just, you know, try to set up different scenarios, roll the balls out on the table? What does your practice regimen look like? Oh, uh, I just throw, I just rolled 12 balls out on the table and, and, uh, and practice, uh, running out in order just with 12 balls. So there's a little more traffic. Um, and that's, I mean, that's about, that's all I do. I just keep doing that over and over. I'll do it, try to do it for at least two hours a day, uh, up before a tournament, as long as I can get away. Um, yeah, 
yeah, that's just that's about it. I don't really practice my break a lot um, until I get to the event or something, or maybe the day before I'll I'll break some just to uh, try to get it dialed in or get a little repetitive stroke going. Um, yeah, just twelve ball, just twelve ball, just simple. I love that because, you know, I, my, the first interview I ever did was with Mike Davis. And one of the things he recommended was 15 ball rotation. But I got to tell you, when I tried to do that with 15 balls, man, <laughs> that's a lot. You know, I know the Filipinos do that all the time, but man, it's tough to run 15 balls. So I like that 12 ball and run them in rotation. I think I'm going to try that. So thank you. Uh, of yeah, all- I just feel, I feel practicing 15 ball. There's just a, you know, it's a little too much traffic. Uh, 12 ball is good because uh, it's a little more than nine bar 10 ball but it's not you know too crowded you still got to work around it but yeah I think I mean personally to me I think 12 ball is perfect but 15 ball is tough anyways yeah are you are you able to beat the 12 ball ghost like have you ever tried racking 12 balls breaking them and trying to beat the ghost yeah because um, breaking 12 balls is easy uh, normally you'll make you're guaranteed to like make two balls almost every time the corner balls shoot in so it's easy that's that's kind of why I just throw them out there because it's pretty much like playing 10 ball ghosts it might even be easier than the 10 ball ghosts so that's why I just I throw the 12 balls out there if I'm practicing breaking or something or playing the ghost I'll normally play like 10 ball or or something like that but I don't, I I never play the ghost unless somebody just wants to watch me do it. And then, then I'll do it. So of all the events that you've won, tell us what, what was your biggest uh, victory or what you consider like your best title and uh, take us through that event. Mm, Like singles event. Either one. Well, I mean, I have two like, very memorable events. Um, the Derby, the Derby City was uh, definitely the best singles event I've ever won. Uh, it was an unbelievable feeling. When I was younger, uh, well, I won the nine ball and the master of the table that year. Um, when I was younger, when I was going there just to get autographs and stuff, I was a kid. My dad was just showing me. Uh, all the pros and stuff. And, um, I was, I just told my parents, I'd always tell them every year we'd go, I'd be like, I just, I just want my banner up there. I don't even care about getting the check. I just, I want my banner up there. It'll always be there. And, uh, I'd tell them one day, one day, you know, and finally I, uh, I achieved it. And that was probably, I mean, that was the biggest win I ever had. And honestly, when I won the nine ball, um, if you go back and look at my draw, I had like the, the toughest draw that, I mean, I've really ever seen. I, I mean, I never, never had an easy round from round one. It was like thir- 14, I think 14 rounds, 15 rounds. Never had one easy draw. My last five or six matches was um, Filipinos. My first match, I started with uh, Ruslan Shinnikov. So, I mean, it, it kind of tells you right there how my draw went. It was, it was pretty rough. But other than that one, um, 
the Moscone Cup, of course, twice, two years in a row, winning that. Uh, I've always liked, I've always loved, you know, team events. Like, honestly, if I could right now, I would play APA. I love team, I love team, team things. I've always loved team sports. So, uh, so winning that, you know, and, um, and winning MVP those two years was unbelievable because it's just a great feeling to know that I did, I did everything I could to help my team, uh, win. So, those are probably those are the only the two that that strike me the the most you know for winning best I mean I don't think I'll ever ever top those so you know what's going to happen now sky is you're going to have a whole bunch of people that are going to be hitting you up saying come join my APA team right <laughs> that's fine they better uh better find me a fake ID and stuff <laughs> I'll be there Oh, that's funny. So you recently had an exhibition match with Roberto Gomez and I was fortunate enough to commentate on that match. And I thought you played spectacular, especially given the fact that you hadn't been playing much. We even talked before that and you told me, yeah, I haven't really been hitting a lot of balls and you get up there and you didn't just win. I mean, you won handily. How do you assess your play from that match? You know, um, I just I tried to find a little rhythm, and I mean I did, but also I played I planned on uh, uh, playing Roberto, so before that I had I played a tournament in Dallas, a tournament in Missouri, and then I played uh, you know just uh, the challenge games a couple nights before the event, so I was hitting balls pretty much every day. I mean I'd take a day off in between the tournament and then next one and and just I think I think hitting balls those days kind of got me in stroke I didn't I played good I played I, I mean for how much I played I played really good I feel um I just didn't feel like 100% comfortable uh down on the ball that's probably the best way to explain it but um but I played good um somehow you know <laughs> uh because I'd only been playing bar table everything I'd played with bar table I don't but I guess I was just so ready to play. I haven't played a match like that in a long time. So it felt, felt good. You know, it felt, I uh, was kind of excited to play. So maybe that has something to do with it, you know? Yeah. Well, I tell you what, you did not look uncomfortable. You looked very comfortable during that match. And in fact, I was commentating. I don't know if you got to hear any of it afterwards or whatever, but I was commentating with Mark White from the UK and he's probably one of the biggest Sky Woodward fans in the world right now because he just really loved watching you play. And so he asked me, he knew I was going to talk to you tonight and he has a couple questions for you and wanted to know if I could ask him, is that okay? Can I ask you a few questions from Mark? Yeah, of course. Okay. So he wants to know, these are a little different. They're not necessarily pool questions. <laughs> so he wants to know what's your favorite Netflix series. Shameless. Shameless. Yeah. You ever seen it? No. It's about this, uh, I think they're from Chicago. It's about this, uh, they're messed up family, like just messed up. Freaking the sounds like Ozark. The, sounds like Ozark. Yeah, you know the, dad, the, the dad's always drunk. He never he never makes it home. He always passed out in the ditch somewhere or something. He never makes it home and stuff. It's just I don't know. I really enjoy it. It's kind of it's kind of a funny show and 
and uh, it's a big family in like one house and I don't know I really enjoy it it's uh it's funny and and uh, it's easy to get into I think well we're gonna have to check that one out the next question he had was what is your favorite music album favorite music album um I don't know about the album I can tell you the artist um actually I can tell you the album Tyler Childers just I think he's he's great and he's a Kentucky boy um but his uh album uh purgatory purgatory however you say that yeah but yeah that's that's probably the best one to me well I don't know if Mark's heard that one but since he asked the question we'll have to make sure he gets a copy of that and checks it out so oh yeah yeah the the third question he had and this is his final question is he wants you to recall your favorite shot that you ever hit in a pool match. And it, that might be hard, but I was thinking about it. And I have a few in my pool career, even though, you know, I'm not a professional pool player, but do you have any favorite shots that you hit in a match? I have a few. Um, and it goes back to the, the, the three, th- three tournaments I just told you about. Um, when I was in the finals of the Derby, I was up eight, seven. And uh, I, I get ball in hand off this break, and I run down, and I'm on the five ball. I'm on the four. I shoot the four, and I jack myself up on the five. And the six only goes, like, in the side pocket. And I got I to roll it, uh, being jacked up, go two rails, perfect speed back to the side rail, and I get straight in on the six. I got It was perfect speed. If I go any further, I'm hooked. Um so that was my favorite because then I just shoot the six and roll across seven, eight, nine. Um, hey, Scott, or seven, nine. Remind me again who you were playing with, who you're playing against there. James Aronis. Ah. Dodong. Yeah. And then, and then Moscone Cup, the first year we won 2019. I, uh, or no, 2018, right? Yeah, 2018. Uh, we won uh, or the last match or the first match of the last day when I played Alvin. Alvin breaking runs all four of his games. I break and run three of them, and the other game um, kind of had a little safety battle. And I ended up winning the game. So 4 4, he breaks, pushes out, and I give it back. And he kicks and hooks me. So I have to jump and I, I jump it in hill, hill for us to get on the hill that year. And, uh, that was probably the only thing that came in my mind. As soon as I seen, I was hooked. I even said it out loud to myself. I said, I'm going to spear it in. I just, I, I could feel, it. I just knew it. Uh, so that was one of my favorite. And then 2019 when I played uh, filler to win the Moscone cup. Um, I mean, it wasn't, hard shot or nothing but when I got a a chance that last game and uh, I had to shoot the four and just draw back up table and shoot the five nine on the side uh that was definitely one of my favorite even though you know it's it wasn't a hard wasn't a hard shot or anything but just with my adrenaline pumping and stuff to win the Moscone Cup and shoot the winning nine ball was uh was definitely one of my favorite favorite shots so those three are definitely my favorite ones that's awesome. I'm so glad I talked to Mark because hearing you describe those shots is, is really cool. It kind of takes us right back 
to that moment and uh, kind of reliving that. So thanks so much for that. So I have this little segment that I call speed pool and it's kind of like a fun little game I play. And I, I will give you a name of a pool player and you have to come up with the first word that comes to your mind. Okay. Yeah. You good with this? Yeah. They might not be good words though. You know, no, I'm just kidding. No. I'm just kidding. They'll be all right. Yeah. I think they will, but uh, just the first word. And then we might dive into one or two of them and kind of see why you said that word. Okay. You ready? <laughs> all right. All right. Dennis or Quillo? Uh, what word would I use? There is a 30 second time limit. Winner. He's a winner. <laughs> winner. Love it. Shane Van Boning. Uh, dedicated. This is hard, right? It's not easy. It is kind of hard. I could, I was trying to think of a real good word for Dennis, but. I don't really know. Well, I like the fact that you're using real words. Like sometimes I'll I'll say Dennis and somebody will say Robocop. <laughs> and then I'll uh, say, yeah, and then I'll say, you know, the next player and they'll come up with his nickname. I'll say Efren and they'll say the magician. So I like the fact that you're coming up with uh original words. Okay, the next one, Jason Shaw. Um what word would I use? Like um, ag aggressive, I guess would be a good word. Yeah, that's a good word. Jeremy Jones, a genius. Joshua Filler, never misses. <laughs> that's not one word, but that's true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you may give you a word. Uh, yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, or is that one good? All right, that's good. Yeah, let's talk about Josh Filler. Is, is he? Uh, do you think he's pretty much on top of the world right now in terms of you know best players? You think his talent level's just right up there? What do you think? He's definitely. He is definitely one of the the best players in the world. I mean, it, it shows. I mean, look what he did. What was it last year? No, it was twenty nineteen, right? Twenty nineteen. He won. He just won everything. He won everything. Unbelievable. Um, great player. I just think, you know, he's, he just, he shoots so freaking straight. He don't even, he doesn't have to be in line. You can't leave him a shot from anywhere. So it's hard to play people like that. Uh, yeah, I think, and he just, with his, uh, shot making ability, he just, he scares everybody. I think it's hard to, it's hard to play somebody like that when you can't leave them anything like even in any game. Even when he was learning one pocket, I mean, he plays it good now. But even when he was learning one pocket, you can't leave him a shot. And he just makes any shot, and then he, he can run balls. So, really just – he's fearless. I, that's probably the word I should use, fearless. Yeah. But, yeah, he just doesn't miss nothing. Yeah. So, when I said Jeremy Jones, you said genius, and you've had the chance to work with him now this past Moscone Cup, and I believe the one before, too. Um, what do you mean by genius? Tell us tell us a little more about that. Man, he just – he can work with anybody and uh, can break you down and 
and just tell you like what you what you need what you're doing um even like uh the top players now if you work with jeremy i mean he can just he can he'll point something out to you that you're doing wrong and you don't even realize it and it's so um it's unbelievable that he i mean he just he knows every aspect of the game you know every the right ways to do everything the shots on the table um man i don't know i mean i i would never say that i know i know one thing about pool more than he does. I wouldn't. I mean, I would never argue with him about anything about pool. Wow, that's pretty impressive. And uh, so, has he taken and broken down any parts of your game and helped you kind of rebuild them? Uh, you know, have you had that opportunity to work with him like that? Um, last year, when I played, uh, I played Dennis that race on the uh, big table nine ball. Uh, saying it was because of COVID, I had not been playing. I felt like I could still be ready, and I wasn't ready. I didn't. I did not perform well in that match, which it happens, and it's my own fault for not practicing. But yeah, he. Um, I went to his house the week before for like two days, just to work with him just a little, just to try to, you know, um, just so I could hear. Like if you just tell me I'm doing something, I can, I can fix it. Just, just I need to know what it is, and I'll, I, I can, I can fix it. So, I just went to his house and and was wanting him to just tell me what I'm doing, uh, just for a little advice, so I could be a little more ready. Um, that's the only that's the only time I really I really worked with him. And then for Moscone Cup last year, when when Billy came down to have a one-on-one with Jeremy. I um, see I'm only live five hours from there. So I drove over to hang out for a few days and um, I watched them work and I just, you know, just paid attention. So uh, even like Billy says, same thing. Like he's, it's just, he's unbelievable. Like different shots. It's, it's different. Like it's different every shot, how to hit the ball and everything. And he just knows the right way every time. Yeah, you kind of get a taste of that when you listen to him commentate as well. He's one of my favorite to listen to on the mic because he is so knowledgeable. And I, I love I love that. I wanted to give you a chance, uh, Sky, to shout out your sponsors and, you know, uh, those that are important to you and, and kind of help you on this journey. Uh, yeah. Mutual um, cues. Uh, Kim Station, Heartland, uh, Railbirds TV, um, Altsville, uh, Rassen, Rassen Tables, and um, is that it? Yeah, and then just would like to thank, of course, my family and friends and for all the support uh, always uh, thank everybody uh, without y'all of course I would not be where I'm at so are you going to get yourself one of those rasin tables uh, yeah actually I, I do have one. Oh, do you now yeah I have the uh, the ox is that the same one they use at Moscone 
Yes, I believe so. Uh, yeah, it actually was. It was the one we just used. Yeah. So do you like the way that table plays? Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, I really enjoy it. You know, the first, I ain't going to lie, the first year I played on it, I was like, man, this table's so different. So different. And I'd always heard, like, the side pockets are, are tougher. I'm like, man, I've always been good at shooting in the side pockets. So I was like, man, it can't be different. But it is. The side pockets play just as tight as the corners on those tables. And it, I really – I really like it. They they do play they play they play true too. Um, I believe. Um, I don't know. I just I think it's like it's the perfect like it's the perfect in between. It don't really play short and it doesn't play long. It pretty much just plays it plays the right way. They're nice looking tables too. I I have to tell you. Yeah. So I've been in your Facebook group for a little while now and I really enjoy it. And, you know, sometimes I'll do one of your razzes, but really I just like when you go live and the way you, you talk it up with everybody and you kind of make everybody feel like you're their best friend, you know? And so I, I wanted to give you a chance to tell people about your Facebook group and what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, chalk it up with Scott Woodward. Um, I, I try I just do uh, you know razzes on on uh, cues and and balls and stuff and plan on getting some other things soon and uh, just you know kind of do it just give everybody a chance to you know win something for cheap you know um, it's always nice I mean I play in other stuff all the time in other groups so I understand and uh, yeah it's like Man, I've actually made a lot of friends from the group. I uh, a lot of people message me now, and uh, we talk actually quite frequently. So it's been pretty fun. And uh, and in the group, I do I do go uh, I do uh, Q and A's sometimes, especially like after a big event or some big win or something like that. Following week, um, haven't done one recently. Uh, ain't been much going on, but, uh, sure. I'll do one soon for something. So yeah, it's just a fun group, just stuff. You can, you can win stuff and, and, you know, uh, if you don't want to play, then don't, you can just get on live or, and, and talk, you know, whatever. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's just something for, for people to, you know, to enjoy and something for me to do and, and still interact with all my fans and, and people. All right. So now I have a tough question for you. Um, let's say that you tomorrow were picked as the Moscone cup captain for next year. Uh, who would your team be? And you can include yourself. Who would my team be? I got an answer. What's that? I got an answer. No. I would say Shane, myself. You said I could pick myself, right, even though I'm captain? Yes, you can pick yourself, of course. Shane, myself, Justin Bergman. Billy. Um, 
That fifth one is always tough, isn't it? It really is. It's the mm-hmm. toughest. Yeah. I don't know. The fifth one, I would have to just say. Uh, the fifth one had to be a wild card for me. I, I can't pick one. I don't know. All right. We'll let you off the hook there. Thank you. <laughs> that is tough because there's a number of like, look at Chris this year. So many people criticize that pick and he turned out and played really well in that event. You he know, played good. Yeah, he played yeah. good few years ago people did the same thing with tyler he showed up and played well and so that fifth pick is always tough and so you know when people were were giving jeremy a hard time about chris you know i'm like let him you know let's see what the kid can do and he gets out there and he plays pretty well so yeah so what would you do would you have like a, a qualifier or something a little tournament for you know maybe four or five guys see who made it uh, I would probably, no, I wouldn't have the people play for it because, you know, it's like some people that might perform better there might play the other guy and that guy have his number, you know? So if that guy beats him and then goes out there, he don't play as good as the other guy out there. So no, I would probably, I would probably look at the, the last couple big tournaments like coming up like close to Moscone Cup. And I'd probably pick the guy that's performing the best in the big events right before then. Yeah, that sounds good. So you pick it just to recap, it'd be you, Shane, Billy, and Justin, and then basically play the hot hand who's performing the best in the events, right? Yeah, I believe so. So do you think the United States has fallen behind Europe really as a whole and if so what can the united states do not just for moscone but really for for pool in general to really catch up i don't think it's that we fell behind or anything i just think you know i mean people can take this wrong i don't mean it wrong ever but I think it's where Americans are more rounded playing pool because we play all games and a lot of us played the all games good. Um, just look at like how many um, like Europeans, I mean, they only really play, you know, like rotation, straight pool and stuff. But they're also – they're all starting to play uh, all games, especially the ones that come to America a lot and and stuff. So it's uh, – they're starting to get more rounded. But, no, nah, I wouldn't just say we're behind. I think it's just because – depends how you look at it. If you look at – if you just look at the game of rotation, maybe, I guess. I wouldn't say we're behind. I'd just say that kind of – kind of smarter because we all will all play one pocket and banks and we know oh well why not just try to play safe here instead of go for a hard shot when they probably will go for a hard, hard shot more than we would because of that i think but i mean nothing bad towards anybody about that it's just i don't know that's probably that's probably how that's probably how i would i would say it 
I don't think we're behind. Just think more rounded, and they just play more one game, you know? Yeah, I think that's pretty reasonable. Nothing wrong with that. So Shane Van Boning has been the top U.S. player for years. And, you know, he's he's pretty much the consensus number one player in the United States. Uh, then there's you and Justin and, and other players kind of pushing right in there, you know, behind him. But there's a little bit of a gap there. What do you need to do? Because kind of seeing the way you played against Roberto and knowing what, what you're capable of, you know, I had this thought in my mind, like he could get there, you know, well, what do you need to do to get there to be the top American? Uh, put the time in, put the time in, just play. Um, you know, I just don't, I don't play enough. I haven't played enough, you know, cause of COVID. So uh, I think that's, I mean, I think that's the only way, that's the only way for me to get there. Cause I mean, I know I can, I know I can get there. Just got to play more. I can't go without practicing and then expect to, you know, perform at my best or, or get better if I'm not practicing all the time. So I think that's, that's the only way, that's the way to, to get there. Of course, kind of like starting out That's that's the only way for anybody to get better too. It's just same still now to this day, I still have to put in the time. What's the craziest thing you've ever seen playing pool? Mm. Crazy story, something happened, anything like that? I don't know. I've seen some seen some crazy losses for sure on my end, on people other people's ends. Um I don't know. Uh, I just saved some crazy losses. What's the, like, do you remember a loss that you had that you were like, this was just nuts. There's no way I should have lost this match and something nuts happened. Yeah. I have one, one match really comes to, to mind. It was a bar table event, but I was playing Warren Kiyanko. I wanted to go play in traffic after this match. I swear. <laughs> I'm up. I'm up. Uh, I don't remember what I was up to race to nine playing Warren Kiyomko and I was up pretty good eight to four or something going to nine comes back hill hill and I break I don't have a shot I play safe I play good safe and he's got to kick two rails and all he can do is hit it and if he hits it he scratches probably because he can only hit like the top of it but there's a ball on the side rail and it's literally like a, a ball off the rail. Like there's a, you can maybe fit a ball underneath it. He kicks two rails, one, two back up all the way up table underneath this ball. And the one is this far from the corner pocket. I mean, it's literally six inches, five inches from the corner pocket. And he goes one, two underneath this ball. There's only like a ball width under it. Hits it and cuts it all the way across the other corner when he was trying to just go two rails into it and then runs out, beats me whole hill. And it was the grossest thing ever. And it was that whole term after that, I played somebody else and he'll heal. I'm dead out. And I think it was the six ball or something. I got a small cut 
and the ball skids like into like the half diamond. And I so now I lose instead of being in like the final three or something. So it was just it was it just wasn't meant to be. But that's one of that's a, that was a pretty rough one for me to swallow, I'll tell you. For sure. Jeez. I don't mind losing, you know, but when things like that happen, you're just like, what the heck? Yeah. I mean, what did I do? Do I really got to have some or stuff like this happen? So uh, I'm curious about the skid because I've had some of those at the worst times too. Like they never happen at zero, zero, you know, they always happen at like eight to eight and a race to nine. What do you think? Cause I, you know, you hear about chalk on the balls, you hear about, you know, for some reason, I think it has something to do with my particular stroke at different times. Like maybe when I'm feeling the pressure, what do you, what is your take on ball skidding? I got a funny story about that. You said it could be the chalk. It could be your stroke. <sighs> so I like to, I like to aggravate. So, um, Jeremy Jones and Corey Dool. uh, I got them going at Moscone Cup because I've, I've heard them bicker about it before. And I told them, I'm like, uh, hey, you know what causes a skid? It's this. And then I'd tell the other one this. And then they'd, they were start, they started arguing about it. <laughs> no. Corey says it's the chalk. Balls are dirty. And Jeremy says it's the stroke. It's in your stroke. Of course, the chalk can do it, though, because they're dirty. But. Jeremy says it's mainly it can be because of a bad stroke, and I believe it can be both. So I think those are, I mean, the only reason. And I don't think there's really any stopping it. Um, I don't think you can stop a ball from really skidding. I think it's going to happen when it's going to happen. Uh, I've realized, um, I mean, yeah, it happens more when you have a bad stroke, and there's no way to always have the balls clean. So – Really, yeah. I don't think there's any way to to prevent it. I just it's just gonna happen. Yeah, I just know that at times when it's happened to me in an important match at an important time, if I'm honest with myself, that's one thing I try to do when I play pool, right? Because you know, the tendency is to blame the waitress or blame the chalk or blame this, blame that. And then you don't work on anything because you didn't lose because you dogged it. You lost because something distracted you or something happened. So I've always prided myself in not doing that. Right. So if I'm truly honest with myself, every time I hit a ball and it's skid, I think back and I'm like, my mechanics were off and, and I can't put my finger on exactly what it was. But I know I didn't stroke that ball the same way that I stroke, you know, all the other shots that don't skid. So I think it is something to do with the stroke there. And, and of course, like you said, if the balls are all gummed up and there's something on there, yeah, I, I'm sure that can cause it too. But I, I think strokes got to play a big role in it. Yeah, because I've seen multiple times balls just be cleaned. And then that next game I've seen balls skid. It just – I don't know, man. I, I mean, I try to – figure it out too all the time and I'm like you I think about it afterwards man did I really hit it with a good stroke or not and then I'm like you know maybe I didn't but then sometimes I'm like man I really hit that with a good stroke and and it skid a half a diamond like what the I mean what the heck so I, I really don't know but I think it's a combination of the two that's my opinion it's just it can be either one at, at any time 
So let's say the internet didn't exist. People hadn't heard of Sky Woodward and any of the other pros that are out there. And you were going to go on the road for a couple of weeks and try to make some money. Who picked three players to take with you on a road trip? Is this to try to make money or is this just, you know, for a nice fun road trip and, and to try to, you know, people don't know me or us. So I asked this question and when I do, people tend to ask that question as well. And, you know, if you think about it, when you go on the road with somebody, you have, there has to be, you know, some kind of um, camaraderie, right? It, it has to be somebody that you enjoy being on the road with. So when I asked like Alex Paguline, he was like, Francisco Bustamante, we're like, you know, we get along so well, he cooks, I eat, I cook, he eats, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think it's, that has to play a role in it. But also, you got to know that the person can get the cash too. So pick three players that you could get along with, but also you, you know will bear down and get that cash. Um, Billy, for sure, because uh, we're like we're like brothers, and uh, he can get the cash, and we all we always have fun. So Billy for sure, and then uh, Justin Bergman. Um, cause we've all seen him play for the money mm, and fourth one would be Chris Robertson because we need a photographer in our car. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I hope he hears that. No, he can play a little too. Yeah. No, I know. I'm just kidding. No, nah, Chris is pretty good. I like Chris. Yeah. No, Chris is cool. He, he actually, last time he came to Arizona, he was going to stop by my house and play a little. And I told my son about it. And my son was super excited. If you ever come out to Arizona, you got to come by and play some because, you know, you met my son before we started here today and he's getting into pool. And so he's so excited about you guys. He watched the whole Moscone Cup and everything. And so Chris, something happened. He couldn't make it over. And my son was really disappointed. So I got a message from him today saying, hey, I'm going to be in Arizona. Does your son want to play a couple games? And I was like, man, that's just super cool that he thought about that, you know? Yeah, no, he's good. He's a good, good dude. Yeah. He actually just texted me today. Yeah, he's like, man, I got a new number. Save this one. I'm like, all right, I got you. <laughs> I got you. I'll call and give you give you crap another day. So, Sky, you've been Moscone Cup MVP twice, and obviously that means you can handle the pressure. And I think that's a big thing that kind of separates a lot of pool players. You know, there's there's some when the heat's not on, you know, they look like the best player in the world, but then all of a sudden they're under pressure and they kind of break down. And so I wanted to see for, for those other players out there that are trying to improve or get better, do you have any advice for like your mental approach and handling pressure? Not really. I mean, man, when you feel the pressure, I mean, obviously you got to take deep breaths. You got to, uh, you can't let your heart rate get too high. Then you get jittery. Uh, I'd say, yeah, breathe in your nose and out your mouth. Uh, I mean, and then some people, you know, some people, you just, no matter what, they, they, they can't, they can't handle the, the pressure like that. Um, but ever since I was a kid, I, ever since I started, like I, I said, I, I've always loved that. I love the, there's always, there's pressure 
in this game and the competition. It's just always loved it. Um, ever since I was, I was growing up playing, I I loved the pressure and, and I played better under the pressure. So I uh, I just enjoy that part of the, of the game. So I don't really I don't really know if I would say there's really a way to get over that or not. I would just say deep breaths is the best thing. And I just think some some people, no matter what, you they can't handle it. And and some can. And uh, and the more times you're in that position, the more times you're in that pressure position, you will you I mean you you will get better in those spots. But that if you're not in those spots, like I ain't gonna lie. Listen, right after COVID, when they had the Texas Open, we ain't played in forever. I was feeling the pressure. It was, uh, it was. I definitely was. I was feeling. It felt weird. I was like, man, I miss this feeling. It, but man, I was, I was nervous. But it was, it was fun, of course. Yeah, it's like the best and the worst feeling at the same time. Sometimes, you know, if you if you get up and perform, it's the best, right? Because you faced it, you faced that challenge of all that pressure and you overcame. But then other times when you succumb to it, it can be pretty uh, frustrating. But I was hoping that you would say that because, you know, I find that now with, you know, I'm, I'm not opposed to handicap tournaments. I'm not opposed to cap tournaments. You know, I think there's a place for that, but I think you know, now with the different handicap systems that we have in the country, there's so many opportunities for players to play people of their same skill level that you don't often see people step up and play against better players. And I think that's a big deal. And I think it's hurting a lot of people's games, you know, if they're not stepping up and playing against you guys at the professional level or even top amateurs. Um, they're just playing against their buddies all the time that that all play the same speed. So I'm curious your thoughts on that. Do you think that that maybe with so many handicapped and capped events, that's kind of maybe uh, helping some people to not really get in the pressure and improve their game? Yeah, I mean, of course, and this kind of goes back to, to me, this kind of goes back to the the question you had, the Europeans and the Americans, if we're behind I would say that's part of it, the handicaps. We have all the leagues. We have all the handicap tournaments. They have the Euro Tour, race to nine, straight up, race to nine. When I was there, there was like 10-year-old kids race to nine, no matter who they played. Uh, you either learn to run out or you don't. I mean, you just lose. So, um Handicap tournaments when you get spotted the five seven in the break. I mean, you make it on the break. You break have one five combo. You you learn to make one shot. So, um, I think I think handicaps definitely have hurt us a little. But you know, some people don't care to get better. Don't don't want to. They just play it for fun to get out, uh, which understandable and sometimes I enjoy just going just going somewhere going out and you know not taking my cue just beat some around with people or mess around just hang out and watch and and but yeah I just think yeah the handicaps is probably 
probably got us a little bit, but um, some people get satisfied. You play, a, you got a nine, four race and you're four. Hey, man, I can win four games, but you know, if you, if you play even race, you can't. So people get satisfied. They can win the tournament as a four. So why not win? And then, maybe lose, I can stay a four in the tournament. I mean, I got a better chance, which I understand, of course. We're all trying to make a dollar, but um, just, I mean, yeah, the handicap's beating us up a little. Yeah. You know, like I said, I think there's a place for it. And, you know, as a better player, we can choose to step down and play in a handicap tournament and have to give up a lot of weight. And I do that sometimes. You know, but like when I met you at the Texas Open and we talked and I was playing Billy, actually, uh, I don't know if you remember that match. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm a huge underdog to Billy, but I did all right. You know, I won some games and it felt good and it built my confidence a little, you know, and I kind of felt like maybe if a few balls rolled my way, I might even put some heat on, you know, and so that to me, the confidence boost that you get as a player stepping up and playing against better players is huge. And it really helps you deal with that pressure. I think that's just my opinion. I I wanted to ask you about your trip up to uh, when you played Roberto in South Dakota, and then you went over to Wyoming. And when you were up there, someone posted a picture of you that, and I shared it, you were playing a guy in a wheelchair and you got in a wheelchair and played against him. Yeah. You know, and it was like, you were just up there having a blast, you know, mixing in with everybody and, and just doing your thing. Um, you know, is that, are you just truly having fun doing that? Or are you, you really trying to reach out to the fans out there to tell us about that? I mean, of course there's like, you know, there's a time for work and a, a time for your fans and, and to mess around and interact. So it's like, you know, like people ask me all the time, won't you come play our tournament? Man, nah, it's a weekly tournament. It's y'all's tournament. I mean, I have my own tournaments. I'm not I'm not coming down here to try to win y'all's, y'all's event or whatever y'all's tournament. Y'all just, y'all play, I'll come hang out or something. And like, and like that guy, he was like, he, come, he asked me right when I got there, introduced himself. He's, hey, man. He said, uh, uh, I'll play you race to three. He said, but you got to play out of my wheelchair too. I said, all right, you got it. You got it. Let's do it. Just, you know, and, and he said, I love that. I love that, man. He said, because, you know, I, I have to play out of it and yeah, I want, and you can, you can see how it is too. I'm like, I said, yeah, man, that's fine with me. He said, he'll even it out. So I said, all right, it'll be fun. It'll be fun no matter what, you know. So, I mean, at first we were – he was getting in a regular chair and then he would give me his chair. And then the people there, they had a a spare chair in the back. So I ended up getting my own. own. So we were – he didn't have to keep switching. But it was fun, kind of like that, just, you know. It's a time to, to interact and, and have fun with everybody. So, um, you know, just enjoy it and, and stuff. And then when when I play Roberto, it's when it's it's time to get serious, you know. Like, and even after the, the match, we were playing challenge games and it was right back to the fun part, you know. So, just got to know when and when not to, you know, have fun and 
when to be serious. Uh, that's who, who won that wheelchair match. Uh, I I won. You got him. Okay. I got him. <laughs> I got him. <laughs> so I just have to say, on behalf of you know so many fans of yours out there, I'm a huge one. Don't change, you know, because it's just so cool to see you out there, kind of mixing with everybody and and doing that. And, you know, we need more of that, I think, in pool. You know, one of the things I say sometimes is, you know, we can have a league night and there could be 150 people in a pool room and we show them a lineup of our Moscone Cup team and they might not be able to name everybody. And that's sad. You know, we need to find a way for you guys to kind of rub elbows more with the average pool player, you know, so it becomes more of a spectator sport, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, I played that guy and then we played the triples versus doubles. And right after that, cause he was telling me, he said, do you think Billy will play me like that? I said, yeah, man. I said, Billy will. I said, ask him. And he asked him and Billy played him the same way out of his chair. So it was pretty cool. I don't know who won out of theirs, but no, nah, it's just, you know, it's, you know, got to enjoy, got to enjoy it always with everybody. So if you were only going to win one more tournament the rest of your life, which one would you want it to be? Well, probably, probably the world nine ball or the U.S. Open. I'll take either one. Yeah. The U.S. Open nine ball. Yeah, I'll take either one. <laughs> why Why not like the world 10 ball? Uh, I don't know. I just, it's just not as, uh, you know, like it's not got as big of a a name as like the world nine ball. Um, I mean, I won the, or, or did you say world 10 ball or U.S. Open? I said world 10 ball. I, I was just wondering why nine ball as opposed to 10 ball, since it seems like a lot of stuff is going to 10 ball now. Like that seems to be the game of choice for people. Do you prefer nine ball over 10 ball, I guess? Mm, it, I don't really care. I'm going to play whichever one. Uh, I don't know. I like 10 ball. It's a little more challenging. The break's harder. I mean, because uh, you see now the break, and nine ball is getting so easy for everybody. Uh, but man, it seems like everybody's starting to break 10 ball good too. So um, I don't know. I just probably would, I would like to win the world nine ball. Yeah. I just think it's a little more like um, it's got a little bit bigger name, kind of like the U S open nine ball. And then you got the U S open eight ball and 10 ball. I just feel it's got a little bigger name. Like I won the U S open eight ball, but I mean, it's not the U.S. Open nine ball. Not to me, you know. Um, got the same name, but just not as big to me. Yeah, and the U.S. Open nine ball is, like, if you look at the field in that, it's huge. And the players that showed up to that thing, same with the International Open, the International nine ball open. I mean, it's like a who's who of, you know, top players in the world, you know. So I can I can definitely see the prestige there. And I'll tell you what. I'm pulling for you. 
And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me tonight. You've been very generous with your time. I, I heard your boy back there, you know, crying a little and I saw your fiance come through. So I know you got a lot going on and I do appreciate you taking the time, Sky. So I want to give you the opportunity to kind of give any final thoughts that you have for your fans out there, anything at all you want to, you want to share with people. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, thanks to my sponsors again, you know, Mutual Q's and, and, um, Kim Station, Heartland, Rasson, Alexville, Real Birds TV. Thanks to all y'all and, uh, my family and friends for all support without y'all. I, I wouldn't be here and, uh, you know, just everybody uh, can't wait to see everybody after all this COVID stuff's done. Can't wait to get back out there every week competing. But, yeah, thanks, everybody. 